1: Tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then.
0: Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. Oh I run no, this. Place. I would quit. I would I would resign. I would resign. That is so embarrassing. <laughs> hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name's Emma. I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you guys all the tips, tricks and behind-the-scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hey
1: Em and welcome back lovely
0: listeners all around the world. Who are we shouting out this week Em? This week I want to give a big shout out to Louise. She says, Hey, Boss Sisters, thanks to the tips on your podcast, I nailed my interview. It was my first in eight years and it was my first via video call. I got the job. She says, this is my favorite part. I even threw in a little Notting Hill joke. I'm just a girl sitting in front of a video panel asking them to love me. I had the right audience and got a very good laugh. I think it helped them understand who I am and got the interview off to a lighthearted start. So thank you. Oh my God, I love that so much. This just incorporates so much of what we stand for, like A, the confidence and nailing interviews, B, also just showing some personality and how we always talk about how an interview is about you getting to know them as well and see if it's a right fit. And this is just an exemplary proof of how you can still have personality in an interview. And if they had have
1: hated it, she would have been like, "Mm, this ain't it. I need somewhere where my humour is appreciated.
0: Yeah, no losses there. So Louise, you're
1: amazing. Also, interviewers hate interviewing. Just everyone keep that in mind. Interviewers don't like interviews. (laughs) So if you can make it more enjoyable for them, absolutely do. If you've got an interview coming up and you need a bit of support and you want to build that confidence like Louise, check out my one-on-one sessions. You can find out all about them at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash coaching.
0: And Louise, you beautiful lady. You've gone into the winning to win a shoot your shot shout out gift box where this is a new thing we've started. We're doing it every month. So if you liked one of our episodes, used a tip we sent you, or you want to request an episode on your situation or industry, slide into our DMs and you could be a winner winner chicken dinner next month. Woo! This month actually. Woohoo! Do you know that um people at work have picked up on how much I woohoo? Oh my gosh. Where chronic woohoo is because it's generational. For those that don't know, well, why would you know? Our dad is a woohooer. Over text, you say something, he'll write back woohoo in person, he woohoos. He's just and apparently it's genetic. And I <laughs> do it so many times I don't even notice. Like my friend at work, Annie, will be like, You just did it again. Like that's so many woohoo's, and I'm like, I don't even know to say come out of my mouth. They're just flying out. I think sometimes I do it to feel silence. Like I'll just open the fridge at work and pour some milk in my cup of tea and be like woohoo, like <laughs> for no reason. Oh my god, that's
1: so awkward. You need to cut down on the woohoo's because then they won't feel as special when something's happy and it is genuine woohoo. There's
0: a lot to woohoo about. <laughs> And also I have a problem where I say things, I say it's a monotonous woohoo, so it sounds sarcastic, like (laughs) woohoo. I'm not like woohoo.
1: You used to do that where you would say great, but you wouldn't say it with any enthusiasm. You'd be like, great.
0: I still do it. I still do it. One of my friends mentioned it the other day and was like, I remember when I first met you, it took me so long to get used to the word of great and that you say enthusiastic phrases monotonously and I like feel like you're joking and you're not excited or you're being mean, but you're I genuinely think it's great. I just, oh, that's great. That's amazing. Great. <laughs>
1: Listen to the words, not the intonation. Well, I think there's a lesson in that, Em, segueing right into our new episode. You're pretty new in your job. How long have you been there now? A couple of months?
0: Yeah, probably four months or so, but technically I'm not new because I was at my workplace for three years. So I'm new into the role. I'm not new to the company. Yeah, but you're still new in your job job. Yeah,
1: yeah. So four months in. Okay, cool. We're talking about today, when you've just about to start a new role. So you've signed all the paperwork, you've resigned your old job, and you're counting down to actually start at your new workplace. We're talking about how to be successful in that first couple of months. That first three months, I think, are really key with how you approach it and what you get out of it. Now, I want to say as a caveat to begin with, it's the employer's responsibility to be setting you up for success. You should be Spoiled on your first day. They should have your desk all decorated. They should be giving you company merch, your new laptop all ready to go, everything organized, your email set up, a plan for you to learn everything from people. Everything should be ready to go. But that doesn't always happen. It isn't your responsibility to do this for them. It is their responsibility. But here's how you can make sure that you still have a great experience and you still learn and grow in that first three months and give a great impression, even if they haven't looked after you.
0: Tip number one, be on time. Look, this is something I'm actively working on, but it's not a chronic problem. Like I'm only seven minutes late, you know, never more, never less. Yeah, you know how I feel about that.
1: But I think in your first few months in particular, once everyone knows you and they know how hard you work and they know that you're always staying back late and working through lunch and whatever, you can get away with a little bit of that, right? If that's the kind of person that you are.
0: Oh yeah. I didn't do this in my first, it's a lifestyle creep thing. You only do the seven minutes late once you get a bit comfortable. You don't do this on your first week definitely
1: in your first few weeks, your first few months, you really need to be on time. And more than that as well, I mean, once you've been somewhere like a while, you can do the like starting exactly on the dot, leaving on the dot, all that kind of stuff. Obviously only relevant if you're in a salaried role. If you're in an hourly role, you should be paid every minute that you're at work. But if you're in a salaried role, doing the, you know, nine o'clock on the dot till five thirty on the dot no, I mean, you want to be there a little bit early, stay a little bit late. Like you want to be putting in those extra bits of effort in the first few months. Again, just until you work out what the vibe is, what other people are doing, what's okay, what's not. Just err on the side of caution there, I think.
0: You also want to research the company again. So go deep on the website, their social media pages, LinkedIn, suss the competitors, get across it, follow the pages, do all the things. I
1: always like to think about this as like, if you end up in a lift or in a meeting room or in the kitchen or making a coffee or something next to like the CEO or one of the executives, you want to be able to recognize him or her so that you act appropriately <laughs>
0: rather than being like, hi, nice to meet you. What was your name? And they're like, ah. Uh. Yeah. And at my company, for example, there are a lot of execs that you don't see on a day to day basis because they don't work at the office or whatever. And yeah, when someone walks in, you want to just know that it's them and be able to say hello, introduce yourself, recognise them and not have them walk past and be like, g'day, how are you going, you know?
1: Imagine if you saw someone walking in and you'd never seen them before and you were like, oh, did you need a hand finding anything? And they're like,
0: oh, I run this No, place. I would quit. I would, I would resign. I would resign. That is so embarrassing. I just need you to check in like, over I, here. Do, are you lost? Do you need me? Oh, no. And then they're like, you're employed by me. See, this is what we're trying to
1: avoid. Don't do that. That's right. And also just remembering like what the company does, what their competitors do. Remembering all of that in the lead up to you actually start. It's important to know what the company does. Well, It is important to I know mean, what the company does. I don't does. mean what they do. I mean the details, like the projects they're working on, the software they've got coming up, the big deal they just land, the clients that they're working with or whatever. Like you need to kind of be up to date on the news of what's going on in the company, which is why I say like their LinkedIn pages and things and their social media. Because if you start, people are going to be talking about, oh, yeah, the big launch event last month or whatever. It's going to help you if you already know what they're talking about.
0: Okay, I'm cringing at this next one that you put this on here. I know, I know. (laughs) Get your introduction ready with a fun fact. Look, everyone, that's Sarah's tip, not mine, and I would not do that personally.
1: No, no. (laughs) Emma, the reason I put this on here... First of all, people are going to be asking you to introduce yourself all the time. You're going to be put up in front of the company on like introduce you on a monthly
0: call. And you say, my name's Emma. It's lovely to meet you. No, but like tell us a
1: bit about yourself, Emma. You know, introduce yourself to the team. Well, what are you going to say? And if you have something
0: ready. I can say things that aren't a fun fact, okay?
1: Yes, and I understand that. You don't have to have a fun fact.
0: To me, a fun fact is like, and I can fit four Lemmingtons in my mouth. To me, that's what a fun fact is. <laughs> and I can ride a unicycle. Like, By the way, Lamingtons, for our overseas listeners,
1: Lamingtons are on an Australian. Are they Australian? I'm pretty sure they're Australian, like cake thing. Um, they're covered in coconut. They're really gross. I actually don't like them. Yeah, but imagine them being like lamingtons. Is that an animal? What is that? But you haven't let me spit it out. I don't ask people for fun facts. I don't think you should have a fun fact. I don't think anyone should have a fun fact. But there are lots of HR people and managers who don't know what else to ask, and they will make you come up with a fun fact. So if you have one ready. It's going to be a lot easier for you because if you get put on the spot and you're in front of the whole office or on a Zoom call in front of everyone and they say, fun fact, and you're going to panic. So have
0: something ready, you know, practice with the Lamington, <laughs> oh my God. Let's see how
1: many you can fit.
0: <laughs> we're moving on. Take control of your induction if you haven't been set up with one. So this links up with what we're saying. You know, you should have already had all these things been put in place for you. But if they're not, advocate for it. Advocate for yourself. Go to your manager, hey. I really want to progress. I want to get stuck into the learning, you know. How can this get going? What do I need to do? Well,
1: and also ask them – this is a really practical tip as well of like – what a good induction should look like. You should be sitting down with all the people that you'll be working with. So M for you, that might be getting to know the promotions department, getting to know the other news team, getting to know the presenters, you know, whatever other departments that you might need to work with and you should have one-on-ones with the key people in those areas and that should be done for you, right? But if it's not, ask your manager, who is it that I'll be working with? It may actually just be your immediate team. You may not actually have much to do with other people. That's fine. Find out who those people are though and suggest that you have a catch up with them. Say to your manager, I'd love to know who I'm going to be working with on a regular basis and if it's okay if I actually book in some time to have a chat with those people so that I can understand their roles better, I think it would really help me learn how I can help them and work better together. Who's going to say no to that? Honestly, they're going to feel like you're so proactive. Then book the meetings yourself. So get the list of names, book the meetings in yourself and put in the invite hey, I just started the other day, I'm going to be working in X role and I'd love to get to know your role, what it does and how we can work together and put in half an hour, an hour, however long you need and actually meet with them. Go and have a coffee, sit with them in a meeting room, do it online, whatever works and it's so much nicer to have your first interaction with someone be like a little getting know you chat kind of session rather than an actual meeting you've got something due or something needs to be done.
0: Definitely. Also, be proactive in general. They may not have things for you to do, but be helpful and find a way to add value. I feel there's nothing worse than starting a new job and you're awkwardly sitting around and like, say, you know, something really busy happened and for the moment they don't have time to do anything with you and you're just like looking around like shuffling papers and you're like, you don't want to pest and be like, is there anything I can do? Refreshing your email inbox. Yeah, but you just want to look busy. So just... Continue that awkwardness and try and find something, try and be helpful. There's a balance of showing initiative, but also, like, it is okay to ask for prompts. You don't want to run off and do something and ruin it.
1: Yeah. But what I mean is, like, ask, Hey, can I help with that? What can I do? Turn to someone else who's not your boss, who may be someone in your team or someone in another area. Hey, do you need a hand? It looks like I've got a free afternoon so far. It looks like I've got a little bit of time before my next meeting and find a way to add value. Another thing that you could do if you find yourself with downtime is read everything everything you can find everything you can get your hands on read it if you've gotten access to like the database that you are going to have to work in go through it read it explore play with it look at all the policies procedures on the intranet read the whole website back to front look at the software that you're going to be using
0: anything I hate the word intranet
1: yeah I know Internets are boring. But I tell you what, almost every job I've started in, I've had a bit of a lull kind of first couple of days. And I've read a lot of stuff on the internet. And then it's amazing how handy that comes in. This has never let me down. I'm telling you, this is one of my big secrets. Reading everything you can find. Because someone will say something like the following week, oh, I don't know what our policy is on that. I can't remember. Or, oh, I don't know if we've done that before or where we can find that. And you're like, oh, I saw something like that um, saved in the drive. Yeah, I think I could probably find it again. Incredible. They're like, how did you know that? You're just new. You only started a few days ago. Such good advice, read it all. You know, they give you like employee handbooks and stuff. People don't read them, read it. And then you'll know how to find your pay slips and all this other helpful stuff that'll be in there.
0: Mm, Great
1: It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below.
0: Also, there, there was the great. Did anyone notice that? Also, ask lots of questions. Be that person. Ask 100 things because the problem with people that know things is they assume everyone else knows things. So often people will be explaining things to you and because it's they do it every day and it's so normal to them, they might skip over something and it's not until you interject and go, wait, sorry, what do you mean by that? And they go, oh my God, sorry. Yeah. So there's this whole other thing and this is how this works. And without interjecting, people that are deep in the work that they do forget that other people don't have their level of perception. Another pro tip- Your mandatory training,
1: if you're at a company that has like all these videos that you have to do about sexual harassment and code of conduct and like phishing and security and all this kind of stuff. Phishing. (laughs) Phishing with a PH. It's like when you get an email from someone being like, hi, Smith. I would like to update my bank account for being paid into. Can you please change my bank account details? And you're like, okay, that's not actually from the person. But what they're trying to do is to trick an HR or payroll person into changing someone's real bank details to the fake person's bank details and then we pay them into the wrong location, right?
0: Right. That was deceiving. I thought it was like, do this induction and if you don't identify if this is a COD or a fin. You can't work here. <laughs> Maybe.
1: You know, don't ever give out your password to anyone or all that kind of stuff. So if they give you mandatory training, finish it as soon as you can. Now, I say this for a few reasons. First of all, with my HR hat on, it's really important that you complete the training. (laughs) Just do it for compliance reasons. The other part is though, once you're into the job, you're going to have stuff to do and you're never going to be able to find the time to do the boring mandatory training. So just do it as quickly as you can after you start before you have important things to do.
0: Great. Now say yes to being social, but take it slow. You don't need to do all the things.
1: Yeah, I think you should say yes to like going out for coffees and like if your work's doing like a morning tea or a drinks after work or something, like put your hand up and go and be involved. My only call out, though, is when you're like the new kid in your first like month or two months or something, you don't want to be the last one left out at drinks. That's my take it's slow part, right? Just take some time to digest and to understand what the culture and the environment's like. You don't want to be the new person who embarrassed themselves at the company drinks or whatever. You can get away with that a little bit more when you've been there a bit longer. So be social, say yes to stuff, but take it slow.
0: Also, don't be the person constantly talking about their old job in two ways. One, the person that never stops talking about how, you know, tragically it went down and oh my manager was horrible and in that way. Or probably positive people that are like about how much they loved it, like in a flexing way, like, oh well back when I worked at insert niche job that's top of this industry. You know, I used to do this. Like, that's irrelevant. Sorry, you're in this job now. Quit talking about it. Of course, mentioning. I just sometimes feel like, well, go back there if it was so good. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah.
1: It's so hard because you're going to want to compare everything. Oh, yeah, we use that same software at my last job. That's fine. You know, a bit of self-awareness. Just check yourself to see if you're not doing it constantly comparing to your last job.
0: Also, practice the new systems or software outside of hours. Yeah, this one
1: might be controversial with some people, but hey, I'm going out on a limb and saying that if you're listening to a podcast about how to succeed in your first few days of the job or your first couple of months of the job, that you're willing to go a little bit above and beyond the ordinary person, right? Like you're listening to this podcast after all. So I've seen this a lot of times where people move from a company that used all Outlook and Microsoft products and then they come into a company that's all Google and Gmail, everything, right? And they struggle with learning how to use Google Drive and all that kind of stuff, Google Meetings or Slack if you've never used that before or a particular software that your company uses and they don't spend the time to learn it. Now, these kind of work systems and stuff, sometimes they can be a bit clunky, but they're not that hard. They're never going to be impossible to learn. Like there's a whole company of people who've successfully learned it. So it's not going to be that hard. But if you don't spend some time playing around with it, You're going to end up in week three, four, five, six, where people are actually starting to expect you to do things on your own now and you're still going to be complaining about how you don't know how to do X, Y, Z in Google yet because you're so used to Outlook. Spend some time if it's new to you and you're struggling. Watch some YouTube videos. Spend some time playing around with it. You know, if you're in an office and you can take your computer home to play around with it, great. If you can stay back a little bit, yeah, again, watch some videos or something. I think this is the kind of thing that pays off.
0: Yeah, those little 1% efforts, it's going to help you sort of adjust to everything a lot quicker. Also, build some relationships, do some favors. I remember when I first started street fleeting with my company, which is just the road crew of the promotions department that went out in the community, gave out free stuff. I remember in like my first couple of weeks, I said yes to so many people's shifts and people that I'd never met that would message the chat and be like, oh, I'm really stuck. Can anyone work? I was like, I will. And they message me being like, oh, like you're a legend. Thanks so much. And, you know, that paid off. You make a good impression.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, again, we're being fairly office centric here just because we have a separate episode about doing all this stuff remotely when you're not in the office. But if you're going to make a cup of tea or a coffee, offer to make one for the other person, you know, offer to fill up their water bottle, those kinds of things. Like it's just going to help you make some relationships and that's going to come in handy when you're the new person asking millions of questions. It's going to make their lives a little bit
0: easier. Suss out the dress code. When in doubt, dress more fancy than less. You'd rather start off too corporate and then go oh you know it's quite smart casual or casual I'm going to turn it down rather than walking in in jeans and everyone's in power suits and you're like this is awkward.
1: Exactly and I think take your cues from the average not from the most casual person if you're thinking oh well that person once wore jeans Mm, does everyone wear jeans though is it like lots of people or is it just one person did it once like I don't think again when you're new in the role but also just in general I don't think you ever want to be the one pushing the boundaries with this kind of stuff with dress code. Just observe some stuff. Like, for example, they could be like business casual where it's like corporate but not suit and jacket corporate. You just want to suss out like do people wear open-toed shoes? Do the men wear ties? You want to be observing that stuff and leading by other people's example so that you can kind of fit in.
0: It makes me stressed to think that some workplaces you have to suss are open toe shoes okay oh my god I'm so lucky my workplace is like pretty casual because if open toe shoes are considered too yeah it's a thing casual then wow I'm not cut out for that not for me not for me it's a thing I've definitely worked in
1: workplaces where open-toed shoes were like, not okay.
0: You wouldn't be
1: allowed to get away with that.
0: What's wrong with toes? What's wrong with a little piggy poking out? It's not going to hurt anyone. I don't know. It's like a corporate thing.
1: Also, like spaghetti straps, not okay. Like it needs to be like a thick strap. It's just the vibe. You've got to work out the vibe. Dress more corporate than you think you need to or more classy, dressy, whatever you want to call it than you think you need to on your first day and then judge from there based on what you see other people wearing. And you don't want to be at the end. You want to be in the middle somewhere like your boss, you know, you want to dress like your boss, I reckon.
0: This next tip is something that personally I would never do. And even though it's a tip, I would ignore this because I can't be bothered, but I'm sure Sarah has a great reason for why. Get an org chart or write one. No, before she speaks, let me guess what I think she's going to say because we're sisters and I can do that. She's going to say, you know, it's just going to really help you understand the pecking order, who comes where, who reports to what. It's going to help you get your head around it. Am I right? Is that what you are going to say? Correct, yeah.
1: People's names and stuff. And look, here's something as HR that always drives me a little bit crazy. Pretty much every company, even if it's a small one, has an org chart somewhere on the internet, And if you don't go on the intranet, well, that's probably where it is. The amount of people that couldn't find their org chart if I gave them a million dollars, it's a lot of people. It's most people don't know where to find the org chart. You probably already have one. Ask the HR team for one. Ask your team if there's one. Otherwise, It doesn't have to be a full org chart. It's just more helpful if it's already built. Otherwise, jot down and go through with your boss. Okay, so what's that team and who heads up them and what are the names of the people in that team? You're going to get emails from people over the next few weeks and you're going to be like, who the hell is that? And you don't know what area they sit in, who their boss is, what they're responsible for. And if you can have a quick reference place to go and work out who they are and what they do, it's going to be a lot easier for you to remember their name and how they fit in.
0: This is cute. Make your space your own. Even though this is about how to succeed in the first bit of your job, you know, having really pretty coloured sticky notes isn't going to make you get an Employee of the Month award, but it'll make you feel nice and organised. I think it shows your team and stuff that you're
1: settling in as well. Like bring a water bottle in to sit on your desk or bring in a coffee mug or again, take your lead by what other people do. But yeah, I mean, bring in a photo and stick it up if you want to. Like these things make your space more comfortable and make you look like you're a part of the team who's been there a little while. Plus, it's just nice. Like first thing I want to do is bring in like a wheat bag to stick in the bottom drawer of my desk so that when I have stomach cramps one day, like I've got something there Bring in some Panadol to put in the top drawer of your desk. Like I can't focus if I don't have a drawer full of all the stuff that I might need.
0: Mm, I get it. Also, last but not least, tip, prepare to be exhausted. I can vouch for this. I'm exhausted.
1: Tell us about your transition to your first full-time job, Em, and how hard it hit you.
0: Yeah, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard. But yeah, it's just a transition. It's like... Whenever you're new in a job... Your
1: commute's new as well, or even just like the software's new, or like the people are new. Everything's new and it takes so much energy from you. You can't do things on autopilot for the first few months. You're going to be exhausted. (laughs) You're going to be remembering people's names, trying to learn stuff, watching videos, like in tons of meetings, asking questions. You're going to be exhausted. Prepare yourself for that. Like, plan to maybe have your partner cook the first week of your new job or order takeaway every night or meal prep or something so that you're really sorted. Just be prepared that you're going to feel tireder than you normally would on a normal week of work in your first few weeks at a new job.
0: So there you have it. There is our how-to guide to succeed in the first couple of months of your new job. And this is the content we need because we know that interview boss listeners get job offers and getting job offers means accepting job offers and means starting new roles and then succeeding in new roles. So incredible. I hope that helps. Awesome. Thanks everyone. Thanks
1: so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices and our Australian accents, hit that follow button in Apple or Spotify, or better yet, tell someone else about our show. That's how we can hit the charts and help even more people. For more advice, inspiration and a supportive community, check us out on Instagram at Interview Boss.